Matthew chapter 5 is where we're at. We're in the Beatitudes. We're going through them. Um, we're basically taking one at a time. And we are in verse 9 this week. So blessed are the peacemakers. We looked at pure in heart last week. So blessed are the peacemakers. I'm going to read the whole Beatitudes. All right. If you'd like to stand, you can. They do that often in this service. And so if you want to stand while we read the Word of God, you can. If you, if you don't, that's fine. But I'm going, to be, I'm going to read the whole Beatitudes. We'll get a run at this. All right. So beginning in verse 2. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. That's the one we're on today. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you. And persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Father, make us these kind of people. Father, give us faith. Give us, God, the the ability to trust you. Give us a great dependence upon you. God, help us to be all that you are saying here Sons of God, sons of the kingdom. Father, make us into your own image. Lord, use the word of God to to make that happen today through the power of your Holy Spirit. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, you can be seated. As, you, as, you, as we walk through the Beatitudes, isn't, isn't it exciting that this is what God is doing in us? Okay? So this is not a menu. Like Jesus is not saying, hey, go ahead and order off this. You know, I'll take two scoops of hungering and thirsting after righteousness, but no mercy or uh, uh, no meekness for me. You know, uh, I don't want to be a peacemaker. I'm kind of an angry person. Now, it's not a menu. God, God is saying those who are brought into the kingdom... The, this is what they will be. I will lead them into happiness. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Every one of those. Blessed are. Blessed are. Happy are. Happy are. Happy are. These kind of people. And, and it's folks that are, are broken over their sin. They're poor in spirit. They mourn over their, their brokenness, over their sin. They're, they're people who are meek, who learn to, to roll their, their junk to God and trust in Him. They're people who are pure in heart, who have this single-minded devotion to God. They're people who are merciful because they've received mercy. They're, they're hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And today, Jesus says, my people, my people that I save, that, 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 that I call to myself, my children... They will be peacemakers. They'll be peacemakers. Now, man, our world needs that because I don't know if you noticed, maybe watch the news ever. There's not a lot of peace in our world, is there? Man, you've got conflict and hate and war and violence and divorce and abuse and unrest and lawsuits and Facebook quarrels and school shootings. And, you know, what's at the root of all that? You know, what, what is, why, why has there always been since the fall, why, why all the conflict? Why all the unrest? Why all the broken relationships? Why can't people get along? And the answer to that is sin, right? The root of, of unrest and conflict and division is sin. And, and we understand that. Whenever you sin, you, you fracture things, right? Relationships, people. Whenever you break God's commands, 
You know, nobody ever goes in and steals something from somebody, you know, walks out of their house running with their TV and, and the owner's like, hey, come again. It was good having you, you know. I mean, there's, there's a fractured relationship there. Nobody ever breaks a covenant or a contract or lies without there being a broken relationship. No, nobody ever defies the authority figures in their life, whether that be mother or father or coach or teacher or policeman or president. No, nobody ever does that with, without there being harm in relationships pride man pride and selfishness you got a group of people maybe they're maybe they all like each other they're going on a ski trip for spring break you know and 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 if there's one person in there that starts acting pridefully you know they start demanding their way like hey we're gonna do this and we're gonna everybody on you know what happens there's ripples of conflict that run through that isn't there you know have you ever seen that you know it it fractures things It, it it messes things up it messes relationships up vengeance you know nobody ever takes vengeance on somebody and, and, and after it, everybody's like, hey, that was well played. You know, <laughs> good, good job. That was deserved, you know. Eye for an eye. Well done. Well done. You know, no, nobody ever says that. It always breaks and tears apart and destroys relationships. Even things like laziness or sloth. You know, if you've got somebody at your work and they're not doing their job, you know, or, or it, it creates division. It creates unrest. Sexual morality. Man, it causes all kinds of conflict and strife, and it it tears at the fabric of families. It haunts husbands and wives for a lifetime. Adultery literally sends shockwaves through families and extended family that splinter the foundation of the home for a lifetime. Hate-filled words, careless words, gossip, slander, leaves wounds that bleed and fester for decades. So sin causes strife. Now, in order for for there to be peace, the sin's got to be dealt with, right? That's what it means to be a peacemaker is you, you make peace, right? You reconcile, you deal with the sin. So how do we do that? Well, the, the firearms company, uh, they have made a weapon called, it's a Colt 45, and it's called the peacemaker, okay? So their, their solution is whenever there's a conflict, whenever there's division, whenever there's strife, well, we've, we've made a weapon that solves that, you... You kill the sinner, right? And, and, and you've got peace, right? That's how you make peace. In fact, I think the, 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 the old uh, uh, standard was that that's how the West was won, was, was through the, the Colt 45 peacemaker, okay? Well, let me tell you, I, I think that actually when you work that out, um, that does not bring peace. And in fact, God has a very different plan. So interesting enough, God, God could kill the sinner to make peace uh, between him and the sinner. But actually what he does is he sends his own son to die for the sinner. Isn't, isn't that beautiful? So instead of killing the sinner, okay, God makes a way through sending his own son to die on the cross that there might be peace between God and man. God is a peacemaker. God deals with the sin and then God initiates peace with the sinner. You, you know, mankind lives in continual offense against God. If you're a believer here, here's your story, okay? Here's your story. Your story is, is that God is your creator God, God has, has given you every gift, every, every good gift. He's provided all of this for you, and yet you continually offend him, okay? You, you've defied his authority. You've said, God, I'm not going to listen to you. you. You know what people in our day do? They stand in authority over the Bible. God, I'm going to tell, tell the Bible what it says and what it doesn't say. It essentially, basically, when you, whenever you do that, you're saying, I'm God. I'm God. God, you're not God. I'm God. I'm going to tell you what's right and wrong. I'm going to live my life the way I want. However I feel, whatever's good for me, that's what I'm going to live. We've all done that. We are guilty 
in a thousand million ways of ignoring and offending a holy God. Tim Keller brought, brings out an article I read. Imagine if we treated other people the way that we treat God. So how many times have you broken a promise to God? How many times have, have, you, have you read your Bible? Have you, you know, heard a sermon? And you're like, okay, God, I'm going to do this. And then you didn't do it. Or, okay, God, I'm never doing that again. And then you did it again. How many times have you done it? Can you imagine if you broke your word that many times to anybody else? We, we've treated God worse than we've treated anybody. And yet God initiates reconciliation. God, God initiates peace with himself through Jesus Christ's blood on the cross. I love Colossians 1.20. Listen to what it says. And through him, through Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Jesus takes the sin upon himself. He pays for it. Jesus lives the righteous life that we couldn't live. And by faith in him, by surrendering to him, by being joined to him, we, we can have peace with God. You see, Jesus makes peace through his own righteousness and through his dealing with sin. Now, once you have peace with God, several things begin to happen, okay? One of the cool things is that now you can have inner peace, all right? So there's, there's peace with God, right? There's a broken relationship. Jesus fixes that for the believer, okay? But now, now once a believer has access to God, this opens up a whole new realm of peace inside of us. Like, like we don't have to be at unrest inside. Philippians talks about this. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. Isn't that, isn't that a cool verse? Don't be anxious. Don't be stressed. Don't be worried. Don't be tore up on the inside about anything. Why? Because here's what a believer has. Okay, with, with your peace of God, you have, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard. It's going to wrap itself around. It's going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. All right? And so, so now that we have peace with God, we have access to him. Access to his riches, access to his favor. So Paul is saying, man, for someone who has peace with God, now, now I can, all of my stuff, all of my junk, all of my anxiety, now I can, I can come to him confident that he is for me, that his, his riches are going to be employed on my behalf. And so I, I don't have to be stressed. I don't have to be have unrest inside of me. I can bask in the past and the present and the future work of Jesus on my behalf. Now, peace with God leads to inner peace, which leads us to pursue peace with other people, okay? This is a mark of a believer, okay? Um, think about the beatitude. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, right? This is a mark. This is a, this, in other words, if you're a believer, God is doing this in you. Don't resist it, okay? He, he, if you're a son of God, you need to be like him. And being like him means you initiate and pursue peace with others. If we are to be sons of our Father, then we will live this way. Jesus is going to unpack this later on here in Matthew in, in the same chapter. Uh, let, let me read that to you. Matthew 5, 43. So just look over just a little bit in your Bibles, okay? He says, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And then notice the reason why. So that you may be sons of your Father. Okay, if you're a child of God, then you want to be like your Father, Right? If we glory in all that Jesus has done for us, we want to be like him. And so to be like him, we need to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Why? Because look, look at the rest of verse 40, 45. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. God, God treats his enemies well. He, 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 he meets their needs. 46. 
If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do you have? Even the tax collectors do the same. If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Imitate God in pursuing peace. Romans 12, 18 says this about us, okay? It says, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. In other words, there's going to be times where you pursue peace, you initiate peace, and it's not going to work, right? Like people are going to be still angry with you. There, there are times when that's going to happen. But, but the Bible is saying, as much as it depends on you. Actually, if you think about our Father, our Father has initiated peace through Jesus Christ and many, many, many still reject it, right? But we are to be like Him in that we are to be peacemakers. We are to initiate. We're to work hard to be in harmony in our relationships. Now, everybody always says yes to that until they get offended, right? Like, like when nobody's offending you, it's like, I want to be a peacemaker. I want harmony in relationships. I don't want to be at odds with people. You know, I, I don't want to be in disagreement. I don't want to fight. I don't, how many times have you heard that? I don't want to fight until you pick one with me, and then, you know, right? Like, like your opportunity to be a peacemaker comes when you get offended. It comes when, when, when someone picks at you or, or, or knocks you on the chin. That, that, that's when your opportunity to be like your father comes in. So how do we go about being a peacemaker? So first, we've already talked about it. You experience peace with God through Jesus, right? So you got his peace now. Like he, he has done this for you. He's died on, your, on the cross for your sins. He's given you his righteousness. He has made peace between you and God. And so now that we've experienced that, now we deal with our own sin. You know, I, I, I don't know about you. I, I think most of the time we think all of our conflicts are 98% somebody else's fault, somebody else's sin, and 2% our sin, I think that's probably not an accurate number, okay? Just guessing, uh, probably that's not true, all right? And so let's, whatever number you want to pick, let's say 50% of the conflict in your life is your own fault, you got to deal with your sin. You, you have to deal with your sin, and then when you sin, you need to deal with it biblically, which is confessing your sin, taking it to the cross, and then going to make amends with those who you've sinned against. So part of being a peacemaker is simply... Simply following the Bible in initiating peace through confessing our own sin. When we've sinned against our family, sinned against our, our co-workers, others. And then there's two big things that I want to point out to you, and we'll flesh these out in application. But number one is live in humility. Live in humility. And the reason I think that's so important is because the Bible tells us that the way that we get unified with one another is by having the mind of Jesus. Okay, now let me, let me read you what that looks like. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul says, uh, verse 1, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my, my joy by being of the same mind. There's a unity, ver, a unity phrase. Having the same love, unity phrase. Being in full accord and of one mind, unity phrase. Okay, And then here's, here's how we do this. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This is how Jesus made peace. Jesus made peace by humbling himself, by, by letting go of the privileges of his divinity, of what he deserved, and by taking on human flesh and, and taking our own sin upon him. Jesus won peace through humility. All right, so if we're going to be peacemakers... We've got to get this down. Isn't, that, isn't this what the Beatitudes is teaching us? Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek. Every one of those has a heavy dose of humility. All right? And so, so if we're going to pull this peacemaker thing off, man, we, we've got to learn humility. We, we read a book together about 10 or 15 years ago as a church uh, in our small groups. Time to time we do that. It was called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. 
I don't know what you think of it. It doesn't really matter to me uh, either way, good or bad. But the first sentence, man, it made the book for me. It's not about you. Like that's, that's how he opens the book. It's not about you. And then learning that, like, like having that mindset of humility that, that my life belongs to Jesus. He has bought me and purchased me and, and, and joy and happiness are in pursuing him. That, that is, it's not about me. Man, that, that solves a lot of relational conflicts. So live in humility. And then second of all, eyes on Jesus, okay? So again, all these beatitudes, all right? Um, blessed are the, the meek. Remember, remember what a meek person does? Psalm 37, we, we, we learned it there. He commits his way to the Lord. So, so junk comes down on you, you take it to God. You roll it to God. That's literally what Psalm 37 tells you to do. Roll it to God. You, a meek person let things roll off of them and on to God. Eyes on Jesus. What, what, what about those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Eyes on Jesus, right? Pursuing Jesus. What about the pure in heart? What, what did purity of heart mean? It means 100% of my heart is pursuing after God. Okay, all of those are telling us eyes on Jesus. Now, when you got eyes on Jesus... And when you're living in humility, it's going to look like this. First of all, you're not going to be easily offended. How many times did you get offended this week? Okay. If you're one of those triple-digit people, okay, I, I know what we want to think. I know, I know we, just, we want to think, man, everybody around me, I'm just surrounded by a higher percentage of idiots than everybody else you know that's why i get offended more that's why i'm mad all the time that's why i come home from work been out of shape it's just because because man i just i drew the bad lot you know i got i got the bad hand and and i'm just i'm just around a bunch of tools you know i'm just around a bunch of terrible people okay all right that's one possibility i think that is probably not likely i think probably more likely is that you are an easily offended person all right now now what's the answer to that again Eyes on Jesus, fully, humil- fully humility, makes us less offendable. Proverbs 19, 11. Last, last, last year, uh, March memory. Remember it? Huh? No, huh? All right, we're working on this year. All right? Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Now, do you remember it? Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it's his glory. You know what glory is, right? Glory is, you know, when... when some little school nobody's ever heard of beats the number one seed Virginia, right? That's, you know, it's, woo! Okay, you know what's your glory? When you overlook an offense. When someone sends a zinger, someone offends you, someone crosses you, someone hurts you, and you're like, for the glory of Jesus, for the good of the kingdom, because of my Savior, I'm letting that one pass. And it's your glory. You know, all of heaven's like, woo, did you see that? Wow! Hey, let it pass! They're like their father. It's your your glory to overlook an offense. Okay? Humility, living in humility, eyes on Jesus, produces someone who gives lots of grace. This is that whole blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Man, when your sons are your father, you give, you give what you got. Right? What did, what did you get from God? You got mercy. What did you get from God? You got grace. What did you get from God? You got his favor. And so sons of the father, they, they learn to give that away. They give that away. Thirdly, humility and eyes on Jesus produces someone who sees the big picture. Oh, this is so good. What, 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 do, you get, what do you get cranked up about? You know what's interesting is, is to, uh, I get to have this sometimes, y'all. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll see a guy, I'll see a family, you know, and I know him well, and I can tell there's tension between them. And so later I'm like, man, what, what happened? What's the deal, you know? 
You know, ah, oh, we just had wife and I were not getting along. I was like, well, what happened? And they're like, what did happen? You know, I mean, they got to think about it, you know. And then finally, they like, trace it down, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you got in the car. And like, did you fill up with gas? I thought I told you to fill up with gas. It's not my responsibility, you know. Uh, man, big picture. What's the big picture? Big picture is if you're a believer, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God called to this great mission to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ in the new heavens and the new earth. If somebody didn't get gas, it's okay, right? Somebody's shoes are in the floor. I'll help you get gas. If you need me to, I, I don't want to pay for it. You give me your card and I'll fill up mine and yours. Deal, huh? You know, have it taken care of. You didn't, right? Small things, small things. Finally, eyes on God, living in humility. It produces someone who regularly wears an E-429 lip guard, okay? If you don't have one of those, you can buy them at Lincoln. Uh, we've, we've, we've got them on stock, okay? Uh, but, man, they're super handy. Uh, you have to install them yourselves. It's from Ephesians 429, okay? Here we go. Are you ready? This is your E-429 lip guard. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. But only such as is good for building up. There's three things here. Good for building up, fits the occasion, gives grace to those who hear. Okay? Three things. So when you put on your E429 lip guard, you know what happens? You, you don't let anything come out of your mouth unless it's going to be good for building up the, 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 the person that you're talking to. Unless it fits the occasion, right? Because even things that are good to say, you shouldn't always say them, right? Like there's certain situations where it's best not to say anything, um, there's certain situations that call for saying something else, right? And then, then does it give grace to those who hear? Do you, are your words an instrument of grace? Man, when, when you put that on, you, you solve a ton of conflict. How much of the conflict in your life comes about from words either spoken by you or to you? I'd say a bunch, right? All right, so peace with God leads to inner peace, which causes us to be at peace with others. And then here, here's an interesting one. A peacemaker not only is at peace with others, but a peacemaker helps other people be at peace with each other, right? By the way, this is your job as the church, okay? I'll show you that. Ephesians 4, verse 1. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience. Isn't that interesting? Same stuff we've been talking about. Bearing with one another in love. There's that not being easily offended. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Okay? So to live out your calling, you need to be eager to put on those things so that you maintain and promote peace among other people. If you want to see a, an example of this, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 2, we find two women in the church. These are, these are great saints. They're servants. They're workers. They're gospelers. Okay? Euodia and Syntyche. Well, they had a fellowship supper, and Euodia brought a green bean casserole. Syntyche tasted it and said, man, these beans aren't done on the inside. And it had been the third fellowship in a row that, that Syntyche had said something about Euodia's casserole when she came in. And man, it just got under her skin, okay? Um, I, I actually, I don't know what actually happened, but that could be what happened, all right? I am convinced it was something like that. These two ladies are at odds with one another over something like that, Okay. And so Paul writes in the word of God, telling them, I entreat, I beg these two ladies to agree in the Lord, okay? But then he does an interesting thing. He, he speaks to a third party. He says, 
He, he addresses his true companion, verse, verse 3, his friend. He says, my true companion, help these women who've labored in the gospel. Help them. In other words, buddy, you be a peacemaker to these two ladies. Man, if you want to see a great example of this, the book of Philemon. Okay, The entire book of Philemon in your Bible, in your New Testament, is written. Basically, Paul is being a peacemaker between Onesimus and Philemon. He's stepping right in the middle of this conflict, this, this hurt, this offense, and, and he, is, he, is, he is gospeling them, all right? He's drawing everything back to the gospel. Beautiful gospel images. Actually, Paul at one point tell, tells, uh, tells Philemon, he says, all right, whatever this guy has done to you, put it on my account. I'll pay for it. You know, he's, he's, being, he's being just like his father, isn't he? He's being just like Jesus. He's saying, man, there, there is an offense between you two guys. There, there's hurt. There's been, there's been, a, there's been a, a charge here. Put it, on my, put it on me. I'll pay for it. I'll take care of it. That's a peacemaker. Okay, Paul, Paul, is, Paul is saying he's living out what, what Jesus tells us to do here. Blessed are the peacemakers. There's a, there's a cool section in Proverbs 6. I uh, read it with some guys this week. And, and uh, it says there's seven things God hates. Okay, now. That's pretty strong. Hates, okay? The seventh one is one who sows discord among brethren. So God hates it when, when, when one of us makes things worse between two brothers or two sisters or a brother and a sister, okay? God, God hates that, all right? Now, now, play this out. Are you a person, are you the kind of person who pours water on a conflict or gasoline on a conflict, all right? So, so kind of the way I think about that is whenever your friend shares with you that they've been hurt, that they're in a conflict, that they've been, do, you, do you enlarge the offense or do you enlarge the gospel? Which one of those do you do? You know, do, you, do you say, oh, I cannot believe they said that to you. I'll tell you what, anybody ever said that to me? Here's what I would do. Or, man, you, you shouldn't take that. Or, man, that's, that makes me so mad. God hates that. Whenever you enlarge the offense, God hates that. And the really spooky thing about our generation is on the judgment day, there is a written record of these things happening, okay? I believe that on judgment day, God will turn around and he will open up his laptop and he will project on the big screen the history of Facebook, all right? And he he will look up there and, and have you seen this, all right? Somebody is mad about something, all right? There's comments, all right? Go through those comments See how many of those comments are making the gospel big. They're saying, oh, man, I'm sorry this happened, but I know God's going to take care of you. I know that you, you, you'll, you'll turn this around for good. I know that Jesus... How many of those are that? How many of those are, oh, no. God hates that. Pastor Daniel, upon my encouragement, has made a little icon. You know, below the comments, you can like somebody's comment, or you can heart it, or you can... I don't know, there's like four or five other things you can do. Pastor Daniel has made, you can, I'll show it to you on my phone if you want to see it. He's made one that's, it's God hates it. And it's like a, a, a big fist with a thunderbolt, you know, all right? And we're going to see if Zuckerberg will put that on Facebook. That'll change Facebook for me, you know, right? Just to be able to say, ah, God hates that, you know. Uh, actually, I'm not, I've not decided if that's a peacemaker or not. I may not do that, but wouldn't it be cool, you know, just, hey, God hates that. God hates when you do that. What you just did right there, making things worse, inflaming this, God hates that. He says it in Proverbs 6. He hates when people sow discord among brothers. So, 
Are you the kind of person that enlarges the offense or do you enlarge the gospel? Now, when something, when I've been wronged, when someone has offended me, here, here's what I want you to do, okay? I'll, I want you, if you have an opportunity, I want you to remind me of God's incredible love for me. That, that's what I need to hear. Now, I probably don't need you to say, you know, commiserate with me and say, ah, oh, poor, poor Jason, you've been wronged in such... I don't have any trouble being a martyr. Ask my wife. Like, I'm really good at it. I got my master's in that. So I don't need help from you there, okay? But what I need for you is to remind me of the incredible truckloads of grace that God has poured on my life. I, I need you to remind me of the relentless work of Jesus Christ on my behalf. I need you to remind me of Romans 8, 28 that says... God works all things together for good to those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. I need you to remind me of Psalm 37 that says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. I think you need that from other people as well. Finally, so peacemaker, peace with God, peace inside, peace with others, help other people have peace between them. And finally, a peacemaker proclaims the peacekeeping work of Jesus Christ to others. Okay? In essence, here's what I'm saying. God is calling you to be a peacemaker. And part of that is you need to speak the gospel to the lost world. Okay? You need to say it, guys. I'm, I'm not saying, well, my gift is to show. Okay, good, 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 good. But to be a peacemaker, you need to share the work of Jesus Christ on the cross that has brought peace between God and man. You must be a peacemaker. Now, I know what you're going to say about that. You're going to say, well, pastor, that, that kind of contradicts everything you've just been saying. Because have you noticed that when you share the gospel in our culture, it makes people mad, right? Like, like what, did, what did your grandma teach you? It was polite dinner conversation. You don't talk about two things at dinner. What? Religion and politics, right? Okay. I don't have an opinion on the politics. Do whatever you want there. But I'm telling you this. Jesus says you need to talk about faith in Christ with other people. Why? Because that's the only way to make peace. You say, but man, it's, it's going to immediately cause people to be upset, right? Well, here, here's the deal. There is no peace outside of the gospel. And, and listen to this. Isaiah 52, 7. I don't think we believe this. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Isn't it interesting in that, that verse that peace is equated with salvation? He said, man, how beautiful are the feet of those who speak the truth of the gospel. Now, here's the reality. When you go and tell people the gospel, part of the gospel is you have offended God. It just is. Like when you take that out, you don't have the gospel. So part of the gospel is, is this, that we, you, me, we, we have offended God. Like our life offends God. Our breaking his commands offends God. Our, our not living according to the word of God. Our standing over the word and saying, ah, I don't like that part. I'm going to change it. I'm going to switch it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to adapt it. I'm, I'm trimming that out, cut and paste, making a scrapbook here. You know, God, that's offensive. Like we have offended God. And the only way that that gets right is through Jesus. But, but the great news is, is that God has sent His Son to bear our iniquity, to bear our sin, and to live our righteous life that we could not live. And we can, we can be joined to all of that simply through faith 
in Christ. Man, we can be a murderous thief dying in execution on the cross and realize who Jesus is and put our faith in him. Remember me when, when you come into your kingdom. And God will take us to paradise. That's good news. And so, so the kind of peacemaking that says, I'm not going to share the truth of the gospel. I'm not going to share it because I, I don't want to make waves. Now, really what that's saying is, I'd rather be comfortable around you for a while, while, while you're on your way to hell, than have a disagreement with you and try to help you have peace with God. Now, you don't have to be a jerk about it. <laughs> you should never be arrogant about it. You, you should be wise. Okay, all of those things are absolutely true. But, but the reality is this, that there are times where the gospel is not going to be received. In fact, here's what Jesus said in, in Matthew 10, 34. It's interesting that he says this so quickly after, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. But he says in verse 34, do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now, now you take it in context. You know, he, he, he has brought peace through the cross, right? The Bible tells us that. But initially, what, what does that gospel bring? It brings rejection, right? People are like, you should not tell me that I've offended God. I don't think I have. I'm righteous. I'm writing on my own. I'm my own God. Same chapter in Matthew 10, he says a really interesting thing. He tells the disciples as he sends them out to share the gospel, he says in verse 12, As you enter, enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. Isn't that an interesting way to describe sharing the gospel. <laughs> like you, you enter the house, you, you bring peace. Hey, we're, our relationship is broken with God. We've offended him. We're under his wrath. But here's what Jesus has done. And there are times where people are going to reject that. Your peace is going to come back to you. People are going to say, I don't want it. But there's other times where people are going to receive it. And they're going to have peace with God forevermore. I uh, over-budgeted this week by quite a bit and so I don't have time to go into James but I, I would really love for you to think through this okay um, I have read this little section every day this week it's just been a joy to me um, but it's it's wisdom I don't, you guys want wisdom like you want you want to know how to make good decisions you want to know how to live well okay so so here's here's James definition of wisdom and it has everything to do with being a peacemaker okay so let's read it um, James 3.13, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly and spiritual demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Verse 17, hey, by the way, pick out the Beatitudes in this, would you? All right, see, see how many Beatitudes you can find in this definition of biblical wisdom okay are you ready okay yeah it is up there i was i was like if that's not up there they think i'm more am i pointing okay um 17 but the wisdom from above is first pure blessed are the pure in heart right then peaceable blessed are the peacemakers gentle it could be translated meek blessed are the meek open to reason full of mercy blessed are the merciful and good fruits impartial and sincere and a harvest of righteousness those who hunger and thirst for righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This is how to be wise. It's, it's the Beatitudes. Having a heart that makes peace through truth, through the cross, through humility, through being like our Father, 
And that's, that's the beginning of wisdom right there. Do you need to make peace with somebody? Do you need to make peace with God? Man, that's, that's the first question, isn't it? Like, are, are you still acting like you haven't offended him? Man, I did that for 18 years. Just completely lived contrary to his word. But if you ask me, I remember my dad asking me one time. You know, just straight out asking me. And I just said, oh, I know I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a great guy, dad. <laughs> are you still living that way? Or have, have you come to grips with the fact that you're broken deeply inside? Do you need to make peace with others? You know, do you, do you have somebody? When I say that, is there somebody that comes to your mind? Holy Spirit's good at doing that, isn't he? Kind of bringing somebody to your mind. Is there somebody you need to make peace with? You, you need to be like your father. You need to put on humility. You need to have your eyes on Jesus. You need to go and initiate and pursue peace. You do what God's telling you to do, okay? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you for making peace uh, between us and you uh, through your son Jesus. Father, thank you for that incredible, eternal gift. God, we want to be like you. You're the best thing. Um, you are the path to happiness and joy and satisfaction. And so God, we want to be like you. So God, help us to, to take on your characteristics. God, help us to make peace. God, help us to speak truth to others, not to be afraid of the, the ripples that will come from bringing the greatest message that the world could ever hear. God, make us peacemakers. In Jesus' name, amen.